this is Unpack the Geek, the podcast where we talk about movies, pop culture debates, and recent geek news. This is the rundown. Alright, so I'm Blue Sphere. I'm co-host of the show, and here's the rundown. Spider-Man might actually be leaving the MCU. We don't know a lot because we have not had much time to research, but Sony and Disney have recently had a falling out where they could not secure a deal for the rights of the character. What implications could this have? Well, since Far From Home 3 is already planned, we have no clue how far into development it got. So this could change all of Phase 5 since Marvel and Kevin Feige already have that planned out. Yes, I think so too. This, this is Geek the Geek. I'm One Sentence Movies from OneSentenceMovies.blogspot.com. This is our podcast, Unpack the Geek. Here with me today is Blue Sphere Studios from Blue Sphere Studios on YouTube. He mostly does kaiju animation and SFM work. So, if you're interested in either of our personalities, please. Go to our following websites, which we have listed. If not, we have them in our dashboard. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Geek v Geek. Today on the show, we're going to ask the question, is Ready Player One a good film or a bad one? There are a lot of different people who have different opinions on this, and in today's episode, we're going to cover most of those. Most. And, okay. So the main point I hear for Ready Player One being a good movie is that it's directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's got all his properties in it, with all his intellectual um, stuff that he created in the 80s, like Jurassic Park, um, The Goonies, you know, stuff like that. And there's like Halo Master Chief, and he was able to acquire so many intellectual things. But at the same time, I feel like too many Easter eggs is a bad thing. Okay, so I'm going to combat you on a few of those. Let's see. Let's start with director. Steven Spielberg is an outstanding director. Absolutely master. An absolute master of his work. But just because a name is attached to a movie does not guarantee quality. And that goes for basically anything. True, I agree with BFG. Um, does anyone remember a name called George Lucas? But, on to Easter eggs. The Easter eggs feel like they're just there to have Easter eggs. They don't really do anything. They don't serve a purpose to the story. Like the Iron Giant, they just use him as a weapon, as an avatar, not as the Iron Giant, the character. What would have been cool is if they used, say, Captain Falcon or something to punch a dent into his head and then stop him from attacking if Nolan Sorrento used him. But then, also, there's a TRS from Jurassic Park. You never see anyone in the race stop to try and avoid it or anything. King Kong. He does nothing except be there. Smash. He's the equivalent of an oversized Hulk. You could have replaced him with any other big, smashy villain. Heck, Godzilla. Even though Godzilla's technically a good guy, you could have had him in there. Yeah, because he does everything. Um, Let's see. We also have the kind of unappealing character designs. Yeah, more than unappealing. Like, the visuals? My goodness. 
they this is like a movie that you need to buy in 4K if you want to own it. The so many great visuals. It's all very like very pixel perfect if I may say that. Um but I agree with you on this one. The avatars are so ugly. They make me cringe every time I watch the movie. Plus, what are they supposed to be? It yeah. probably would have been better. Are they if, like elf humans? It probably would have been better if instead of having basically OCs as our main characters, we could have used more obscure references as the main protagonist. And that leads me to my next... But that would be against the book. Yeah, I haven't read the book, so I can't say. Oh. But that leads me into my next point. This film seems neutered. It probably would have been better if it went for an R rating with a little more unhinged, less appeal to everyone vibe about it. And I, more of a, this is for diehard nerds and geeks. I feel that way. I really do. Um, especially, but I, I feel, I felt, I really like that they put the Shining thing in there. The whole scene with the Shining. Big fan service. Big fan service. But they should have had more obscure references. It felt neutered down and crammed down your throat as this, Oh, look at us. We're heroes and we come from nowhere. <gasps> what? We win? Like, the book is awesome because it makes the world feel so much bigger and so much worse than the world in here. In fact, the problem with one of the main problems with Ready Player One, I believe, is that they don't show enough of the world. I know that's a really complicated, maybe even wrong statement to say. But in the book, Parzival's the one that gets captured. And as he gets captured, he is put into the slave thing. And he loses all this wealth he just obtained. Um, and outside the world, it's he talks about how desperate it is and how horrible it is. It's not tell, it's show. Yeah, when a book does better at showing than a movie does, then that's a bit iffy. Because the thing is, in the movie, we see more of how it is in the real world, how the oasis looks in the real world than the actual oasis. Think, you see more people outside of the oasis playing the oasis than we do seeing people actually in their avatars in the oasis doing things. But I do have to say one thing. It is very accurate to the book. It is mostly accurate. Obviously, there were some plot changes because of cinematic things, like the whole thing with Ludos, the school planet. But... I felt like, besides major changes, this was the book neutered for families. Because the book is not exactly for kids. It's not terrible, but it's not for kids. So any kids listening, if you're interested, I'd say wait till you're about 13 to read. Yeah, this the movie itself seems more like it's geared towards... Family hey, fun! Hey, parents! And for edgy 12-year-olds. Yeah, edgy 12-year-olds and parents who want to take their 6-year-old to say, Hey, look, son, that's what I grew up with, and so did I grow up with that. And so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. It doesn't feel like it's meant for hardcore nerds and geeks as it does just for families who wanted to show their kids on what they're missing out on. Yeah, and this movie's really got too much style, not enough substance. As much as it's so beautiful... The characters aren't there. The plot isn't there. It's all numbed down from the awesome book written by... I forgot his name. I will write it down in the comments. Thank you. Um, okay. 
And speaking of the characters, the side characters are so just boring because they don't really do anything. Heck, yeah. half of them I forgot their names. Like in the book, there's the side characters are some of the more interesting people. Like the younger, the younger brother of the two brothers, they aren't brothers. They aren't actually brothers. They live far away from each other in Japan, but they met out in an oasis and made a, like a brotherly brotherly connection, just like we have here in Geek versus Geek. But the younger one gets killed by IOI. And after he gets killed, his big brother avenges him, pretty much. And they're both 20, so it's not like, Oh, look at me, I'm going to take you out. But he dies, and so the older one wants revenge. And also, the black girl, eh, she's gay in the book. It's a big deal. Meh. Eh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the change of that. Um, but here's one thing. The action scene slash cinematography. What do you think, Blue Sphere? Okay, yeah, I have to agree with you. This, the action scene and cinematography in this movie are amazing. It's Being... Steven Spielberg. It's Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, okay, that was kind of immediately lost. That was kind of an immediate loss for me. You got my blind spot. But the I'm a big kaiju fan. So when I saw Nolan Sorrento pull out Mechagodzilla, based on basically a poster of a Mechagodzilla design that we'd never seen, I flipped. Sadly, I didn't see this movie in theaters, but since I was at home, in my room Neither watching I it... I didn't see it in theaters. I wish I did, but since I was at home, in my room, I got to flip out as much as I wanted. But I owned it on 4K, so beat that! I can't. You literally can't, because you don't have a fucking... But, yeah, the action scenes in this movie are way too good. Okay, so if you have any other points, please let us know in the comments below. Now, our jurisdiction. I believe, personally, that Ready Player One is a good movie. Is it best Steven Spielberg movie ever? No. Not by a long shot. Is it the worst Steven Spielberg movie ever? Absolutely not. BFG sucked. Um, but I do believe... That's that uh, Ready Player One is just a fun time to go relive some old nostalgia and listen to old pop culture icons and go, hey, there, there, there. It's not a movie movie. This is like a Taco Bell movie. It's a phrase I use a lot on my on my blog. A movie that basically suggests it's fun. It's nice. You do it. You eat it a lot of times. But is it really good for you and like the contents inside of it? No, not at all. So go ahead and put whatever fast food plug you want in there, but I call it Taco Bell. Even though I don't eat Taco Bell. But Alright, my jurisdiction. It appears you've changed my mind. Is Ready Player One a mediocre movie? Yes, but you have to see it for what it is. You can't judge this movie from a critical standard. It just has too much fan service for that. It's like Avengers Endgame. These two movies are pretty much fan service the movie. Yeah, you can't really criticize it. If you criticize it, then it's got nothing. Like, Avengers Endgame has huge plot holes. Yeah. So you have to look but, at... But yet again, then the critics are biased, because they're like, oh, but I love this part, and I love this part, because I grew up with those characters. I know their personalities. I know their biases. I know what they want. I know what they like. I know what they hate. Yeah. So, judging it from for what it is, it's a pretty good movie. Families want to gather around TV, see it. Sure. Skip the shiny scene. Skip that. Yes. 
But other than that, everything else is fine. And I'd say ages, for average, ages 11 and up. Eh, I'd push it back to 10 and up. Just get the shining scene. Yeah, skip the shining scene. All right. Well, that was uh, Geek vs. Geek for this week. If you do like this podcast and you'd like to hear more, please show your support down in, down below. It really helps. Thank you for listening. This was Unback the Geek. This is the movie of the week. The movie of the week this week is Big Hero 6. A movie, well, it has its flaws and it's kind of forgettable. That was his mistake! On the right side of the spe- I'm on the right side of the spectrum. I actually like the movie. It has a great, nice atmosphere with unique uh, uh, visuals. The music, kind of flat. Uh, Fall Out Boys Immortals was a hit for a long time, but uh, I thought the music was okay. Scenery, gorgeous. The San Tokyo or whatever it is, the Japan, uh, California mix is very breathtaking and unusual, but in a good sense. A lot of futuristic tech and some interesting ideas. The story is pretty basic. I mean, if you really think about it, the villain is awful. All Disney twist villains are awful. Everyone knows who's the villain. But... Uh, I give Big Hero 6 a um, 17 out of... Uh, no, 16 out of 20. If you like Disney or Pixar movies, give this a watch. It's not, it might probably won't be your favorite, but that's Big Hero 6. Thank you for, for th- listening. Not much for hauls this week. The only real haul that I got was Tomorrowland and Super Mario All-Stars. Tomorrowland I got with Disney Movie Rewards Points. I got for 400 points, and I got the digital, the DVD, and the Blu-ray. All in 4K. Well, the digital was 4K. I'm going to sell the DVD if you'd like it. Maybe I'll do a giveaway. If so, put in a, put down in the comments below, what is your least favorite part about Ready Player One? Thank you for listening.